You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Didn't you coach Burt Reynolds? Yes, I did. Was he any good? He was a defensive back. I know. Was he any good, I said. 103.9 FM LI News Radio presents The Weekend Crunch with Errol Marks and Speedy Petey. Hello, Long Island, New York, and around the country. This is The Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. Remember to listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time Only. On 103.9, the LI News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Oh my God, it's been snowing. It's been enjoyable week as the Super Bowl is over. March Madness is around the corner. We have All-Star Weekend. We have the Slam Dunk Contest tonight. We have the Three-Point Contest tonight. We have Jalen Brunson and Jacob Toppin repping the New York Knicks and New York, so I am going to enjoy tonight's festivities. I don't really like the All-Star game, Speedy. I really don't. No, the NBA All-Star game is definitely the one that has the least effort shown, but yeah, the slam dunk contest definitely could be putting on a show. We'll see if Jake can do it and repping our New York Knicks here in New York and Jalen Brunson, same kind of thing. Hope everybody, all the fans out there, enjoyed their Super Bowls, their Super Bowl parties, Super Bowl betting games, whatever they And the snow! I know you enjoy the snow. I do. Enjoy going out in your shorts. I do not enjoy (laughs) driving in it. But no. I do enjoy coming. Uh, also, what extending prayers, sending condolences to everyone that was impacted in the shooting in Kansas City as Absolutely well. Absolutely horrible. You celebrate the Kansas City Chiefs winning a Super Bowl, 800 cops and soldiers all over that place, and then three people just pull out guns and start shooting each other. Injuring 22 people, two people died. Terrific. And kids getting shot. A it, lot of kids. It's an absolutely horrible story. Taylor Swift donating over $100,000 to the family that lost their mother. It is a horrible, horrible story. For all the families that were affected from this incident, I want to give a shout out. Hopefully, everybody is doing better. It's just a horrible story. Shout out to all the family members that were injured in that horrific shooting. But we have a great show lined up for you guys a little bit later in the show. We will be talking to former Chiefs, all-pro fullback, Christian, the Nigerian nightmare, Okoye. He'll be joining us. He was over there at Radio Row. He was there for the Super Bowl as his Kansas City Chiefs win yet another one. Chiefs beat the 49ers in Super Bowl 58, and Kyle Shanahan blows it again. We will get into that. Seven new players inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Finally, some of these guys are going to be blessed by the NFL. Except for John Abraham. (laughs) Oh, that's a whole nother story. Bill Belichick takes shots at the Giants organization saying they aren't the same as they were years ago. I'm not surprised he would say that because hey, maybe he's trying to throw a curveball to all the coaches that might be interested in a job after Dable gets fired at the end of this season if he goes on another tirade. It is a crazy story. This is the same guy that said his dream job would be the New York Giants, and now all of a sudden he decides to attack the Giants organization. Wonderful. NBA, the Knicks protest the end of Monday's game versus the Rockets. Uh, just a horrible call at the end of the Rockets game, which put the Rockets at the free throw line, and then the Knicks lose by two. It's very fitting. It's the 
the New York Knicks way. Rich Paul says that LeBron is committed to the Lakers long term. Do we really believe that? Whoever gets Bronny in the offseason in the draft is probably going to get LeBron James. So stay away, Knicks. Who knows? The Knicks have three first-round draft picks. <laughs> if they waste one of those on somebody that's averaging less than six points a game in college, that's concerning. Maybe the Knicks are just trying to draw LeBron. LeBrono, the Bronster, the Bronski, the Brono Bono. Well, this isn't you too, but who knows? MLB, David Stern says that Pete Alonzo will likely enter free agency. What does that spell for the New York Mets? Well, that spells $300 million they're not going to give to Pete Alonzo. And, of course, Moneyline Mania with Chaz. Chaz is back and he's ready to rumble. But why don't we get into it? The Chiefs knock off the lonely 49ers once again as Kyle Shanahan yet again blows it by not running the ball. The Chiefs beat the 49ers in Super Bowl 58, 25-22, in only the second overtime game in Super Bowl history. Patrick Mahomes won his third Super Bowl MVP, tying him with Joe Montana for second in NFL history, only to Tom Brady, who has five. Travis Kelsey had nine catches for 93 yards and is now second all-time in playoff receiving yards and first all-time in catches. The 49ers lost Dre Greenlaw, Debo Samuel, which came back. And George Kittle, which also came back to injuries in various parts of the game. Various players on the 49ers said they did not know the new overtime rules. That has something to do with coaching, ladies and gentlemen, until they showed it on the Jumbotron during the game. Kyle Shanahan says he knew the overtime rules and stands by his decisions of electing to receive first in overtime. I just want to give a shout out to Kyle Shanahan. For some reason, this guy is completely lost on calling plays. Maybe he needs a therapist because this man decided not to run the ball in the important parts of the game. Firing a defensive coordinator in Steve Wilkes makes no sense. You want to blame the Super Bowl loss to Steve Wilkes? It was Kyle Shanahan's play calling that cost the 49ers the game. Now, there was a lot of key losses in this game. Losing Greenlawn, he runs on the field and he tears his Achilles. Throughout the last week of practices and it wasn't even the 49ers complaining. It was Kansas City complaining about the field, the turf, how dangerous it is, that there could be numerous amount of injuries in the game. It happened. There were so many injuries in this game, and Debo Samuel hurt his quad, and he came back on the field. He played as much as he could. He was a shell of himself in the game. And then, Brandon Ayuk, and I thought he was going to have a great game. He might as well have eaten hot dogs on the sideline, because it didn't seem like he even showed up to the game. And in the first drive of the game, they kept feeding. Christian McCaffrey. And he did fumble the ball. Why would you stop feeding the best running back in the NFL the ball? Kansas City could not stop Christian McCaffrey. And when they figured out they were feeding him in the ball in the fourth quarter, what did they do? They jammed up the middle and they made Brock Purdy throw the ball, these screen passes, these short passes, and Brock Purdy was a shell of himself throughout the season. Brock Purdy, he's really a game filler. You're going to use Brock Purdy for his strengths. And what is his strengths? Throwing short passes, being accurate. He doesn't have a strong arm. He's not good outside of the pocket. He's good inside of the pocket. And there was a lot of mistakes that Brock Purdy made. But I'm not going to blame it on a kid that he's a first-time Super Bowl quarterback. And he was playing, arguably, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. He's been in the NFL seven years. He's won three Super Bowls. He's won three Super Bowl MVPs. 
he's going to go down as one of the top three quarterbacks to ever play this game. And if he would retire right now, he'd probably go down as one of the top three quarterbacks of all time. But that doesn't mean that they couldn't beat Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes was not the quarterback he was for the last two seasons. He didn't have the weapons he's had over the last two seasons. And by the way, for all the Jet fans taking shots at me, Cole Hardman, he didn't have a great game, but he didn't have a bad game. He had a 53-yard catch and the winning touchdown. That's a pretty good game. The Jets didn't use him right. The Jets didn't use him at all this year. The Jets gave them a piece that helped them win a Super Bowl. Mike Pinnell, too. Another former Jet. Played very well. Played very game. well, yes. Yeah. What did the Kansas City Chiefs do right in this game? And in the first half, they did everything wrong. Before Usher put on a spectacular halftime show, the Kansas City Chiefs could have been down 24-3. All they had to do was run the damn ball. They couldn't stop Christian McCaffrey early in the game. He made one mistake in the game. He was catching the ball in the backfield, slant passes. They were using him as a wide receiver. The trick play in the second quarter. Fantastic throw by Juwan Jennings. But the game shouldn't have been as close as it was. It was anybody's game going into the fourth quarter. And Patrick Mahomes didn't have a good first half. But in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, he took over the game. And Travis Kelsey, shame on you, man. What you did to Andy Reid. Because you weren't getting the ball. You were crying about it. I couldn't believe that Andy Reid let this guy step back on the field. Now, I understand it's a Super Bowl, and I understand you need Travis Kelsey. And yes, he had nine catches, 93 yards. Travis Kelsey did not look good in the first half. One yard in the first half. And he had a sour puss face when he stepped off the field after the second quarter. I told everybody at the party that I was at, expect Travis Kelsey to see the ball at least nine times in the third and fourth quarter. Taylor Swift made a call to Andy Reid and said, you better get my boyfriend involved. And Travis Kelsey did not have a great game, even though he led all wide receivers in catches and yards. It doesn't matter. Travis Kelsey did not have a good game. In the fourth quarter, he made that big grab. And by the way, there was a story that came out. I've been telling everybody for a long time that I believe the NFL is scripted. Adam Scheffner on February 6th regarding the Super Bowl. He says CBS Sports Chairman Sean McManus quipped The NFL has alerted us that for the first time ever, we will have a double overtime game in Super Bowl 58. The game went to overtime. There was six seconds left before he threw that Andy Reid special to Nicole Hardman. And I'm not going to blame Steve Wilkes for that. I'm going to blame Kyle Shanahan. You would know to call a timeout on a play like that. Yeah, they did the same thing to the Eagles in the Super Bowl last year where they ran the same play on the left with Sky Moore than the same play to the right with Canarius Tony. Yep. Accounted for two of the fourth quarter touchdowns. I think Traverius Ward got beat reading something in the middle of the field. That's not all on Steve Wilkes. Do you think helped. the 49ers should have fired him in his first no. year as a defensive no. coordinator? He wants to blame somebody. The person that should have been blamed. And I say it going into the game. If Kyle Shanahan stops running the ball in this game and costs the 49ers a chance to win a Super Bowl, I would fire him after the game. Now, they're not going to fire him because they're going to wait another season because there's still John Lynch there and who's his best friend? John Lynch. So John Lynch will keep him because this is the second Super Bowl Kyle Shanahan's been in and the second one he's lost against Patrick Mahomes. Now, what is it going to take? Another Super Bowl loss? Or how about a playoff loss? A bad playoff loss to finally know that this guy can't win the big game. A lot of the 49ers' defensive issues in the fourth quarter and play calling. There's a little bit that's on Wilkes, but Wilkes called a great game besides that. I thought he called a great game, and I thought the defense played fantastic. Young yeah. finally showed up. Nick Bosa was all over the place. In the last two games, I thought Nick Bosa completely disappeared. Yeah. Now, he played okay in this game, but he didn't make a big splash in this game. It was Hargrave and Chase Young, who is going to be expecting a big contract in the offseason. It won't be by the 49ers. Nope. Maybe it'll be somebody else. Maybe, Maybe he'll go back the to the Bears with his friend uh, Montez Sweat. I don't know if Chase Young is a uh, 
game changer, but he was a game changer in that particular game. And maybe because the offensive line decided, let's keep Nick Bosa on the outside. And if Chase Young's going to beat us, let him beat us. Right, which I think is what the game plan was. You saw the 49ers get a lot of free rushes on the interior. They had a backup offensive lineman playing because Tooney was out. So Creed Humphrey could only do so much. Donovan Smith on that left side really struggled against Chase Young. The other guys were double teaming Bosa, and Bosa got his pressure at certain points, but he was more impactful in the run game than it was as a pass rusher. And the interior rushes were really defined this game because it just Mahomes was able to improvise more than Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy got flustered when he got in interior rushes, especially on third down. I think the 49ers did it more often, but the Chiefs did it more in impactful parts of the game, and that's why the Niners were held to field goals. The red zone play calling could have been better from Kyle Shanahan, and I think that was the same issue he had against the Chiefs in the fourth quarter the last time. When Chris Jones was dominating against their running backs, they never put a fullback, or they never put Kittle in the game as a blocker, as a tight end, to guard the middle. They keep putting him on the outside, which is fine in certain instances, but when you see this interior rush dominating like the Chiefs did in the second half, they have to have some adjustments. And Brock Purdy is a young kid, and I don't know if he's the answer. I believe John Lynch should reach out to Kirk Cousins' agent. He is going to be available this offseason. I don't know how much money he's going to want. It looks like he wants $80 million for two years. Yep. I don't know if the 49ers could give him that. If they could bring Kirk Cousins in and move Brock Purdy as the backup quarterback and gives him a chance to kind of sit behind a veteran quarterback that knows how to run this offense, as he did in Washington, as he's done with Mike Shanahan there and with Kyle Shanahan there as the offensive coordinator, I think it could benefit Brock Purdy to learn behind Kirk Cousins. But I think when you look at this particular game, you wonder if it was too big for Brock Purdy. And he made a lot of mistakes early in the game. He was not as efficient as he's been throughout the season. And everybody said this guy was an MVP candidate. This guy is the next big thing. He's the next Tom Brady. He's not Tom Brady. He proved to you in the Super Bowl he is not Tom Brady. Now, that doesn't mean he can't become Tom Brady in the future. That doesn't mean he can't be the quarterback of the 49ers of the future. But the 49ers haven't won a Super Bowl in 30 years. This organization, for years, was trying to find that next quarterback. They thought it was Colin Kaepernick. It wasn't. They thought it was Alex Smith. It wasn't. They trade up, and they get Trey He wasn't the answer. They traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. He wasn't the answer. Now they bring in last pick in the seventh round. I'm not saying he's not the guy, but I don't know if he is. Are you going to go into the season next year with Brock Purdy when you know if it comes down to the big game, when the lights are on him, could he make the play, the big play, to win a Super Bowl? Could he beat a Patrick Mahomes? Could he beat an Aaron Rodgers? Could he beat any of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL if it came down to it? Those questions have to be answered in the offseason. My answer is you go after Kirk Cousins. He understands the way Kyle Shanahan likes to play his game. The guy's got a tremendous arm. He's so accurate. And if he didn't get hurt and he didn't tear his Achilles, he might have been the MVP of the league. If you're going to hang on to Purdy and make him the best that he could be, you're going to have to improve areas that go beyond your just individual scheme. Because the 49ers, we know, have talent. But it seems like when either something gets broken within the offensive line or somebody's hurt, it really rattles Brock Purdy. And you saw that in this game. Debo Samuel got hurt. The Niners could barely move the ball in the third quarter. George Kittle got hurt in overtime. They had the one nice drive with McCaffrey, but that was really it. And you saw that in the middle of the season, too, when Debo was hurt. The offense looked broken. They had that three-game losing streak. Debo comes back off the bye week. The Niners' offense is back flowing. Kyle Shanahan has to learn to be able to adjust to that. Debo Samuel, remember, got hurt in the Packers game. It took a while for their offense to get going in that game. So they have to be a little more off script. Maybe John Lynch has to get some guys to get more conventional systems into this game because Brock Purdy's never going to grow into the quarterback that they think he's going to be if they keep just trying to do the same 
certain things because good defensive coordinators we've seen have been able to take those things away like Steve Spagnuolo did in this game. And they might lose Brandon Ayuk. He could go to free agency and it looks like he might. So now you're going into the season with Debo Samuel who can't stay healthy, George Kittle who can't stay healthy, and Christian McCaffrey who has been healthy for the last past year but throughout his career has not been. You're going into the season maybe not as dangerous as you were going into the season this year and that should worry Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. He's a great offensive coach but when it comes down to the big game when the clock is ticking could Kyle Shanahan draw up the right play? Could Kyle Shanahan coach against a better offense if he has to play defensive coordinator? And I don't think he can. Seven players were inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Broncos linebacker Randy Bradisher got in. He is the Broncos all-time leader in tackles with 2049. Steve McMichael who played over a decade with the Bears. Love Steve McMichael. Had 95 career sacks. Got in. Pass rusher Julius Peppers. Loved him. And Dwight Freeney got in this year. Peppers finished with 159.5 sacks in his career. And Freeney finished with 125.5. I still don't understand why John Abraham's not in. How is Dwight Freeney in and John Abraham isn't? He had 132 sacks. It makes no sense. Patrick Willis got in despite retiring after eight seasons. Another guy, John Abraham. Abraham had a better career than Patrick Willis, but he's going into the Hall of Fame only in eight career years in the NFL. Got in after having second most deflected passes, tied for the most forced fumbles, and the most solo tackles among linebackers. Andre Johnson became the first Texan player elected into the Hall of Fame, finishing with 1,062 catches, 14,185 receiving yards, and 70 touchdowns in a 14-year career. Devin Hester got in with, with the 12th most kick returns yards and most kick return touchdowns in NFL history, third most punt return yards, and most punt return touchdowns in NFL history. Devin Hester should have been a Hall of Famer a long time. I understand he was a career punt returner. He was a career special teams guy. Special teams plays a big part on winning. And Devin Hester was everything to the Chicago Bears. Chicago had not very good offenses. They had a good running game. They never had a good wide receiver. Very rarely. I mean, they had Brandon Marshall for a little bit. He was a free agent. I wasn't even yeah, grown. But they always had good special teams. And one of the reasons why they had good special teams and they would score and a lot of their touchdowns came from Devin Hester. I think he's the greatest special teams player I've ever seen. You want to speak about kickers, Adam Vinatieri and all those other guys? Devin Hester was everything to the Chicago Bears. He was always the guy that you could depend on. On punt return, kick returns, everything. The guy was amazing. So congratulations to Devin Hester. Andre Johnson, another great wide receiver. Another guy that for years he was being shadowed by Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, Jones, all these other guys, but he never got the respect because every single time he would be seen against one of these top-end wide receivers, he was always looked at the second-tier wide receiver behind them, but the guy's numbers show everything on why he's a Hall of Famer. 1,062 catches, 14,185 receiving yards, and 70 touchdowns in 14 years. He was efficient. He was averaging over 1,000 yards a season. There's not many efficient wide receivers over the years in a 14-year span that you can argue that was better than Andre Johnson. Bad quarterback play for the first eight years of his career. Yeah, you? that's another thing. Nobody was throwing to one. Congratulations to him. Patrick Willis is interesting. He played eight seasons. Was he one of the best linebackers in the league? Absolute. Top three. But usually, if you only play eight seasons as a linebacker, you don't make it. 
Klecko. It took him years, 35 years, before he gets inducted to the Hall of Fame. Is Klecko better than Patrick Willis? I would think so. Patrick Willis never won anything. Like Julius Peppers, well-deserved. First ballot Hall of Fame. Dwight Freeney, another guy. Julius Peppers, for like five years, was the best pass rusher in the league. And there were a lot of good pass rushers at that time. Dwight Freeney being one of them. Julius Peppers, well-deserved. I love Steve McMichael. He was a wrestler for years. He would go on the WCW cards. And I had actually got a chance to meet Steve McMichael when he was on the WCW pay-per-view. I didn't even know who he was until I got a chance to get to know football like I did in my early years. But I knew wrestling. And I was at a WCW match. He was at a pay-per-view. And Steve McMichael was there. And somebody introduced me to him. This is Steve McMichael. He played on that Bears team. One of the greatest defenses of all time. Steve McMichael was one of the more underrated defensive players on that team. Yeah, 95 sacks is fourth most among defensive tackles in NFL history. Fantastic. And Randy Grandichar, fantastic career too. Well-deserved as well. Yeah, he was the first of the wave of the orange crush defense that the Broncos strived with in the 80s, but he was on one of the Broncos Super Bowl teams of the 70s too, when they were kind of that newer team we talk about all the time, the AFL expansion. He was one of those original guys that built up those linebackers and those corners to what they are now. And McMichael, one of the most special personalities in the league at that time too, a really fiery guy for that 85 Bears defense. Devin Hester is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. It's a shame that the NFL dragged this. This guy was the best punt returner we've ever seen. There'll never be a punt returner as good as Devin Hester because the game is different. The rules are different now. You're not going to see a guy run the ball like this guy did. And then they moved him as a wide receiver and he was pretty efficient. We've seen this. Tyreek Hill. He was drafted to be a punt returner. He transitioned his game into a wide receiver. Now he's the best wide receiver in football. Same thing with Adam Thielen. He was drafted as a punt returner initially. And he was actually drafted as a corner and had enough corners there already. They had Nathan Vasher. They had obviously Peanut Tillman. So they didn't really need him to. But one of those guys got hurt. He sometimes emerged as a slot corner and still played well beginning parts of his career. But then they tried him at wide receiver and that really didn't work out. And then he just obviously stuck to punt returning. But a lot of people are complaining, oh, he didn't even have the most punt return yards all the time. Yeah, that's because the game changed because of somebody like Devin Hester and all this concussion research now that Mm -hmm. they're trying to take away kickoffs. And there's a reason why he doesn't have as much 12th overall return yards, but that doesn't mean he wasn't the most in per carry. Antonio Gates did not get inducted into the Pro Football. Yeah, him and Jared Allen are considered the biggest snub. I have no idea why he's not in the Hall of Fame. Everybody keeps talking about Gronk and Travis Kelsey and Tony Gonzalez. Antonio Gates has just as good a numbers as all of those guys. He was as efficient. He played with Philip Rivers. And by the way, he was a basketball player, transitioned yep. his game into football. He, he goes down as one of the best tight ends to ever play the game. And the success of that Chargers team, everybody wants to give it to LaDainian Tomlinson, everybody wants to give it to Philip Rivers, and even the defenses, Sean Merriman, and all these yep. great defenses. One of the main reasons why that team was as efficient as they were for all those years was because of Antonio. They're just devaluing the position at that point. Like, are you just going to not reward tight ends like you did with Devin Hester, not rewarding kick returners? Like, it makes no sense. <laughs> now we're seeing all these tight ends start to get credit for what they were and how they transitioned the game. When Antonio Gates was starting to develop as a tight end, the tight end position was devalued. It was never looked at as a valuable position. It was Antonio Gates. It was Tony Gonzalez. It was Jason Witten. Those type of guys, Gronkowski. And Gates was super durable. He played injured. He was always efficient and he played a significant amount of games, averaging between 14 and 15 games. Congratulations to the seven new members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. ESPN's Jordan Rannon says Bill Belichick told him that he doesn't look at the Giants as an organization the same way from when he was there. The conflicts with the report from Pro Football Talk that says that Belichick would be open to returning to the Giants as the head coach a few weeks ago if Brian Dable got fired. Rannon also said that Belichick has told other coaches that he didn't like the setup for the Giants and with the Giants organization. Belichick was very close with the Giants' longtime 
longtime owner, Wellington Mara, who passed away in 2005 and reportedly doesn't feel that way about his son, John. Brian Dable has been under scrutiny for anger management issues, leading five assistant coaches to step down from the team. Belichick was with the Giants organization from 1979 to 1990. I think Bill Belichick will go down as the greatest coach in NFL history. Now, I do believe he wants to break Don Shula's record because Don Shula has the only record I believe Bill Belichick hasn't broken. And that is the most important that he wants to break. And that's the win record. And Bill Belichick has been one of the most successful coaches in professional sports history, winning six Super Bowls and having arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, which he drafted in the sixth round at 199. Bill Belichick has never shied away with his outspoken personality. Not much, by the way, because he doesn't speak much to the press because he has his own thoughts to throwing curveballs to any of the press because they like to make the organization look really, really bad. We all know the background of him and Robert Kraft at the end didn't like each other. And the only reason why Robert Kraft kept Bill Belichick there is because Bill Belichick won six Super Bowls before not winning for the last three seasons. Mac Jones has been an absolute failure, and that was also a Bill Belichick draft pick. When you look at Bill Belichick and everything that he created over there in New England, and that is a winning franchise. Right now, this franchise is going to rebuild. This organization for the next five to ten years are probably not going to win because they need to find the quarterback. It takes three to four, maybe even five years to develop unless you find a guy like Patrick Mahomes, which is very rare, or a Tom Brady. You're an organization now that's starting with a rookie coach. Gerard Mayo is a fantastic personality. He was a great defensive player, great linebacker with the Patriots organization. Couldn't stay healthy. But this is an organization that's transitioning now. And Robert Kraft, he likes to go to massage parlors. He likes to enjoy himself and likes young women. But Robert Kraft has been a very unique owner. And Tom Brady was kind of like his son. He raised Tom Brady, just like Bill Belichick raised him on a field. Tom Brady was raised. He was a father figure, Robert Kraft. And when Tom Brady didn't want Jimmy Garoppolo on this team because he thought Jimmy Garoppolo was the next coming and the future quarterback of the New England Patriots, Tom Brady told Bill to trade him or trade me. And then Robert Kraft went to Bill and said, get rid of him. And where was he traded to? He was traded to the 49ers, went on that six-game winning streak with the 49ers and then fell apart. And now look, Brock Purdy is now the starting quarterback. And by the way, Jimmy Garoppolo is still fairly young, 32 years old. In quarterback years, he's in the middle part of the prime of his career. Bill Belichick has always been unique by the way he speaks to people. And when you look at the tree of Bill Parcells, Tom Coughlin, Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, all these guys were successful in the NFL. Sean Payton won one Super Bowl. Bill Belichick won six. Bill Parcells won two. Tom Coughlin won two. All of these guys were successful. And they all had that military personality. Tom had to learn how to calm his personality down when he was coaching guys like Michael Strahan and Tiki Barber because they were strong personalities. Bill Belichick has always been a strong personality. It didn't matter who was in his locker room. You either did what he wanted or you weren't going to be a part of this team. And that's what made Bill Belichick successful all these years. You ask anybody that's interviewed the guy. If you were a New York writer, he would never answer your questions. Bill Belichick decided to take the New England job because Leon Hess sold the team to Woody Johnson. He couldn't stand Woody Johnson and he couldn't stand the New York Jets organization. Bill Parcells wanted to screw 
other organizations, the New England Patriots being one of them, and the Giants organization, and decided to give the reins of the New York Jets to Bill Belichick. And within 24 hours after being introduced at that press conference, he told all the New York press, sayonara, I'm not taking the job. And then within hours from that, everybody heard that he was heading over there to New England. The one thing I could say about Bill Belichick that I respect is he was very honest to the bone. And for years, he wanted to coach the New York Giants. He already came out and said the best player he's ever coached, and he had great ones, Tom Brady being one of them. The best player he's ever coached was Lawrence Taylor, and he's had a lot of great defensive players, a lot of Hall of Fame defensive players that eventually will get there, and Hall of Famers that are already there. But when you hear him come out and say to all these candidates, do not take that Giants job. It's not a good job. It's not a job that you're going to want. It's not an organization right now you want to work for. Brian Dable is Nick Saban's and Bill Belichick's guy. Go Go look at his career. He worked for Nick and he worked for Bill. And hearing this from Bill Belichick saying, why would you want this job when one of his guys could be fired at the end of the year? And I'm not surprised that he's been scrutinized, Brian Dable, with his anger management problem. Because look at the tree he comes from. He comes from the Bill Parcells tree. He comes from the Nick Saban tree. He comes from Bill Belichick's tree. They're all nuts. And interpersonal relationships are going to become a big factor with any type of coaching and any type of quarterback relationship. Because you really need to have GM and coach on the same page in order to do that. Otherwise, you end up with situations like you ended up in Carolina with Frank Reich not getting along with anybody wanting to draft CJ Stroud and eventually he's wrongfully fired after half a season and a lot of organizations that have this history like the Giants do we talked about with the Raiders the Commanders historic organizations in the 80s and the 70s that have won all these Super Bowls and now they're looked at as a laughingstock and the Giants are getting to that point now because after the whole Tom Coughlin ugly ending of that saga allegedly he resigned but I think the organization didn't want him there and maybe Bill Belichick has a point maybe Wellington ran it that way and John Mara since then has trying to keep his father's values and it's been rubbing off the wrong way on so many other people and Tom Coughlin could only keep it stable for so long after Wellington Mara passed away and after they won their other Super Bowls to the point where it just got frustrating and look at it since then they hired the great Ben McAdoo after that he lasts two years Pat Shermer two years Joe Judge oof and now Brian Dable who's finally a good in-game coach but now can't keep his other coaches happy and keep his players happy and has all these anger management issues so now he's gonna go to the year on the hot seat so Bill Belichick he's brutally to the point with this Giants team and it shines a light on how just dysfunctional that they've They failed over the last 10 years. Ever since Eli Manning has been done and they decided to move away from Tom Coughlin and go to Ben McAdoo. They failed. They had that one good year with Ben McAdoo, which has probably been their best year over the last eight years. Which is still mostly Steve Spagnuolo. (laughs) It doesn't matter. They were 11-5. and They got into the playoffs. The whole Odell Beckham situation when he went out and he hung out with Bieber and he brought Victor Cruz and all those other guys out. It made them look really, really bad. And then they went into that playoff game. They went against the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and they lose. And the Giants have never recovered from that. After that, Ben McAdoo decided to start Geno Smith over Eli Manning, and then Eli Manning's career just kind of started tumbling down and eventually retired. The Giants are still trying to figure out who their starting quarterback is. The Giants are still trying to figure out where this defense has gone. Every 10 years, the Giants are usually amongst the league's top 10 in defenses. They always have that one good pass rusher. JPP, he became that guy. Before that, Justin Tuck and O.C. Minor. Before that, it was Michael Strahan. Before that, Lawrence Taylor. Now you look at the Giants organization right now. Who is their number one pass rusher? 
Thibodeau? Are you going to trust that Thibodeau is the future? Is he going to change this roster? Now, Dexter Lawrence is a good player. How many defensive tackles from this Giants organization ever became anything? Not many of them. Unless you brought in a free agent, which one of them they did bring in from the New York Jets. Snacks. Harrison. He was an all-pro player for one year and then kind of fell off. Maybe because of the coaching, because it sucks so bad. And he got overweight. Dexter Lawrence has been the it factor for the New York Giants. But they have nothing else. This is a defense for years. Had great veteran players on all sides of the ball, especially at the linebacker position. Antonio Pierce, who's now coaching the Raiders. And you look at the Giants right now. Who is the guy that stands out at the linebacker position, the safety position, or the cornerback position? And that's why Bill's saying, why would you want to take this job? Because you got to rebuild. This Giant team is at least five years away. And that's not taking shots at Daniel Jones. They're parting ways with Saquon Barkley. He's been their best player for the last three years. And maybe he'll end up in division. And they don't want to pay him because they don't want to pay running backs because running backs aren't worth paying. It's a huge problem right now. Bill Belichick's sitting back and he's laughing because everybody keeps saying Bill Belichick is not getting another job. He will get another job because eventually an organization is going to look at the talent that they have, and realize this coach isn't getting it done. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we just got into the Super Bowl, and we're going to get into more football conversation with another winner. A guy that doesn't need applause. A guy that they call the Nigerian Nightmare. We will be talking to former Chiefs All-Pro fullback Christian Okoye here on the Weekend Crunch. We... Our back, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time Only on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Check out the World Wide Sports Radio website by going to WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including the Loudmouth, Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. All you have to do to tune into the shows is go to our website at WorldWideSportsRadio.com and check out any of the shows that you missed on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Look up The Sports Loudmouth and you can tune in and listen to any of the interviews, any of the crazy conversations we had throughout the week. And now, ladies and gentlemen, he doesn't need any applause, but I'm sure he's going to be happy for this introduction as we now introduce for the second time on our show. We're now talking Talking to former Chiefs All-Pro fullback Christian the Nigerian Nightmare Okoye. Christian, what's up, buddy? Not much, man. Thanks for having me on. I've been listening, man. You guys are great. Thank you. Thank well, you. You're great, too. I mean, you look good, man. Your size. I watched you play NFL football for many, many years. At that time, I was a Joe Montana fan, so I rooted for Kansas City, but they couldn't get to the Super Bowl. You got far into the players, but you couldn't get over the hump. But this Kansas City Chief team is unbelievable. Patrick Mahomes is an incredible quarterback, incredible talent. But before we get into that, I know you were at Media Day. I saw you. You were there. You were enjoying the interviews. You were flexing. A couple of my guys actually interviewed you. <laughs> you still look like you could play in the NFL. You're an amazing specimen. Tell us a little bit about Vegas and Media Day. It was great. It was electric. Vegas know how to throw a party. Everybody was there. Before I got there, before the Super Bowl, I was looking forward to it because it's very close to 
to home, I live in Southern California. It was about time for a Super Bowl to be in Vegas, and it was there. <laughs> NFL has been trying to avoid it, but it was the right time. So what are your thoughts on this whole uh, Taylor Swift impact on the Kansas City Chiefs oh, and what it's please. done for the NFL? <laughs> I love it. Taylor Swift <laughs> is a very nice performer. She's a celebrity. She does all kinds of good. There's nothing wrong with her. She doesn't do anything bad, so I can't really say anything wrong about her. And, of course, she's on our side, <laughs> so I love her. Her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, I love him. He's just a great guy. His attitude, I love. His personality, I love. There's nothing wrong I can say about those two and the Chiefs. And the NFL, of course, is embracing it because she's just bringing a whole new fan base to the NFL and to the Chiefs. I have a billion reasons why I would love her, too. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But, that uh, too. And I understand the whole Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift thing. All the Swifties were watching was most watched Super Bowl of all time because maybe Taylor oh. Swift was there. All the Swifties were there. Usher was fantastic. It was a fantastic Super Bowl. It just bothers me that Kansas City won. I'm sorry, Christian. I know you're a Kansas City guy. It's okay. They're like the evil empire. I've been a Yankee fan for the 90s. I watched the Yankees. Everybody pick on the Yankees for a year. Oh, the evil empire. You know the evil empire right now in the NFL is? It's Kansas City. My thoughts to what Travis Kelsey did to Andy Reid was despicable. Even Jason Kelsey came out after the game and said it could have been handled differently. What were your thoughts to Travis Kelsey not getting the ball as much as he wanted to in the first quarter in the first half that made him go crazy to even do what he did on the sideline with Andy Reid. I didn't like it myself. It's just a bunch of emotions going on. Chiefs were down and he wants to get involved in the game and he was asking to get involved in the game but he didn't do it the right way. He just did it with emotions. You have to understand that Andy Reid is like a father to those kids, to those players and they love Andy Reid. So there's nothing in the world that make Travis Kelsey do anything wrong to Andy Reid or get mad at him or anything like that. Andy Reid even said it. He understood that it was in the middle of emotional game. So he just went overboard and he needs to hold himself back and not do such a thing. That to everybody else, it looks bad. But to Andy Reid, he knows. It's like a father loving his kid. So the D word has been brought up now with three rings in five years. Dynasty. Patrick Mahomes was talking <laughs> about it in his post-game press conference. They want to create it. How optimistic do you think they can last for a long time for this Chiefs team because they won it in a way that you wouldn't expect this year with not as much offense more defense this year. I was telling everybody when the season was going on and they said ah the Chiefs can't make it. I'm saying don't count them out because the year before Tyreek Hill left and went to Miami and they said no more Kansas City. That's it. And Mahomes just willed his team back to the Super Bowl and actually won the Super Bowl against one of the best offenses in the league in uh, Eagles last year. You saw the game and you saw how it happened coming from behind in the second half just willed the team into the victory. The, the same thing happened this year because many people were saying that the Chiefs can't make it to the Super Bowl again. Before Miami game, people said that Miami was going to run up and down the field and just destroy Kansas City. We beat them. We went off to Buffalo and they said, oh yeah, now we face the Giant and Josh is going to kill us. Boom, we beat them. Going up to Baltimore, okay, this is it. Kansas City is going to run into a wall. Bam, we beat them in Baltimore. This is all road games in the playoffs. And the Super Bowl came. People were saying that the 49ers were too much. Strong defense, that the offense is just magical. And we beat them. So he cannot put anything past Patrick Mahomes. 
He's a magic man. He's just one of those guys that you never know what he's going to do and when he's going to do it. We love him in Kansas City. Abracadabra, the magic man. That's right. This Patrick Mahomes talk is really getting me disgusted. As a Jet fan watching the Jets, you see Aaron Rodgers run on the field with a flag, the lights shining on him. Oh my God, this is a chance for us to go to the Super Bowl this year. Within four plays, the Achilles torn. (laughs) Our lights just completely shut off. But Patrick Mahomes wins another Super Bowl, so I'm happy about that. Oh my God. We are talking to former Chiefs All-Pro fullback Christian, the Nigerian nightmare, Okoye. I've watched Kyle Shanahan for years. As an offensive coordinator for Atlanta against the Belichick Patriots, when they were up over 20 points going into the fourth quarter, they were dominating, and all he had to do was run the ball. The number one running game in the NFL with Freeman and Coleman, all he had to do was run the ball, and he decides to throw the ball with Matty Ice. And what happens? The Patriots come back unbelievably, and they win. And then, against your Kansas City Chiefs, five years ago, and what does Patrick Mahomes do? He throws the ball, scores a touchdown, and what does our friend Kyle Shanahan decide to do? Throw the ball with Jimmy G over and over again. And what happens? The Kansas City Chief comes back and wins the game. And what (laughs) happens this year? The Kyle Shanahan 49ers offense, all they did in the first half of the game was run the ball to the best running back by far in the NFL. And then all of a sudden in the second half, all he had to do was run the ball and they win the game. And what does he do? He decides to throw with a rookie quarterback, a seventh round quarterback, and absolutely throw the game away because he didn't want to run the ball to Christian McCaffrey. What is going on with Kyle Shanahan? And then he fires Steve Wilkes after that defense performance (laughs) against Kansas City. What, is he on drugs? Has he lost his mind? Has John Lynch taken his hand out of his ass and used it as a puppet long enough? Come on, man. This is absolutely disgraceful. The 49ers are a joke. They're never going there again. Fire Kyle Shanahan. I want to throw up. He had to fire the defensive coordinator because somebody has to be blamed. And they have to understand, this is the same guy that built the defense, and uh, 49er defense is a good defense. They held the Chiefs. Mahomes was having troubles with him, but they had to blame somebody. Shanahan, he just completely screwed up, and they blame it on somebody else. I don't understand. But what I understand is Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Do you get a ring that you're so excited about? You should be getting every single year that they win a Super Bowl. You should be getting a ring. I got two rings already. Well, look at you. You get another one. Christian is actually in cahoots. He gets free rings. (laughs) That's what it is. I should get a ring. I'm talking to Christian Okoye. And you also picked the Chiefs who finished third this year. Oh, my God. (laughs) You're a Jets fan. You don't get a ring. Hold on. You guys have to go to the playoffs first. (laughs) He's attacking me now because I'm a Jet fan. But I do deserve a ring. I don't know if I deserve a Kansas City ring. I should get one beautiful ring by the NFL that says NFL and then Hater. All in diamonds. And that would be good. I'll wear that every single day. I'll just floss it over here. I'll put it on my middle finger. I'm never going to win a Super Bowl because I'm a Jet fan. I'm going to have a heart attack watching the Jets, okay? I am absolutely sick to my stomach. Every year, this is my year. The Jets have the longest drought of making the playoffs. The last time they were there was 2010. It's been horrific watching the New York Jets. And then we get Aaron Rodgers. And I don't even want to get into the Aaron Rodgers thing. It makes me sick to my stomach. Let's get into fullbacks. And there's not many 
of them in the NFL, and one that plays for the 49ers. It's a position that is lost in the NFL. Why do you think it's been lost all these years? Well, because the league is a passing league now, so they don't need fullbacks anymore. Even fourth and one, they throw the ball. They used to run the ball fourth and one, third and one, goal lines. That used to be my game when I was playing. That used to be a running game right there. You hand the ball to a running back and have Walter Payton jump over the pile. It doesn't happen anymore. It's a passing league. Guys throw the ball times a game, 60 times a game. It used to be 25, 30 times, but now it just throw the ball more than they run the ball. So maybe because they just want to uh, save the bodies, avoid injuries or whatever. The league is completely changed. We don't see running game anymore. A bunch of peewees. The NFL has become a prima donna game. <laughs> you might as well have Taylor Swift play on the field. Why don't we just play flag football like we do in the Pro Bowl now? Because that's what it is, baby. Yeah. Tell them, Christian, let's rip their yep. damn heads off. Yep. Let's show these guys what it is to play <laughs> football. This is not European football. We're talking about NFL football. The NFL wants to bring Europe a football team. How about they teach people how to kick people in the you-know-what? Believe me, Christian, if he could have permission to do that, he would hire you to the Jets on a one-day contract just to truck Zach Wilson. That's what I would do. I want you to go to the Jets. I want you to smack that damn hell out of that kid. And Christian, I want you to put horns on the top of your helmet. I'll tie them to something, and you could just jam those horns somewhere, because this guy, the only thing he's jamming is old women. Oh my goodness. It's not going to be Taylor Swift, that's for sure. No Taylor Swift for New York Jets. You don't believe there's a parallel universe where Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey breaks up and then Taylor Swift dates Aaron Rodgers? She does live in New York. Long known Knicks fan, Taylor Swift. That's right. By the way, we had Kenyon Barner on the show. He tried to call me out. I'm a DJ, by the way, and I know you listen to Taylor Swift. You're a fake non-Taylor Swift fan. Undercover Swifty, I think was the word Undercover Swifty, that's what he called me, and I said, I am not a Swifty. And then he starts naming albums and songs by Taylor Swift. I'm like, who the hell is an undercover Swifty now? It's you, Kenyon. I do not listen to Taylor Swift. I am not going to sing any of her songs. I have done many, many parties where people told me, just Taylor Swift. And every single time I am mixing Taylor Swift songs, I'm yawning behind the DJ booth. I'm not going to say she's not a beautiful woman. I'm not going to say she's not an entertainer. I'm not going to say that many little girls want to be her. There's a billion reasons why I wouldn't mind dating her. I give a shout out to Travis Kelsey. He's doing a smart thing. As beautiful as Taylor Swift is, he knows what he's doing. Travis Kelsey is not one of my favorite players, but I love his New Heights show. I love his personality. I just don't love that he's a Kansas City Chief. Who do you want him to play for? The Jets. That's not going to happen. I think I have a better chance of eating horse crap like all the Eagle fans do. It's so funny how way back when 49ers were winning all the Super Bowls and people hate them for it. And then, of course, the Patriots started winning Super Bowls and people hated the Patriots and uh, Tom Brady and stuff like that. Now the Chiefs are winning and everybody's hitting the Chiefs. Why is that? They're the evil empire. They're evil. They're wearing red. What does the color red stand for? Devil. They're the devil. I just don't like the red color. And by the way, as a Jet fan, who names their team Gang Green? The Jets. Who wants Gang Green? I'd lose my leg. I'd lose my foot. How about this? I've lost my brain being a Jet fan all these years. Gang Green, ladies and gentlemen. You want to root for somebody? Root for a team named Gang Green. That's what I choose when I was five years old. I'm going to predict that Aaron Rodgers will be healthy next year. You guys will go to the playoffs. How's that? Well, thank you. Going to the playoffs would be nice, but how about winning a Super Bowl? Going to the playoffs is not enough for me anymore. When you have a coach, the last time coaching your team, taking you to an AFC game called Sexy Rexy, it says a lot about who your team is. As a Jet supporter, I can't see it. When you have a guy like Robert Sala, I don't think he's a head coach in the NFL. I'm not saying he's not a good defensive coordinator. He actually was a tight end when he played college ball. He wasn't even a defensive coordinator. So we got a tight end who's a defensive man. So that's great. And then you have a team that no matter 
matter how much talent they have, and for years they've had great talent and Hall of Famers, they still can't get over the hump. How could I sell myself to believe that Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, will ever lead my team to the playoffs slash to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 59? It's not going to happen. I've come to the conclusion it's not going to happen. I'm talking to a nightmare, and I'm in a nightmare. A nightmare that for over 41 years, I have been not even shocked, just told by everybody that is a Jet fan, this is our year. And every single year at the end of the season, seven wins, six wins, five wins, three wins, two wins, draft pick, draft pick, draft pick, suck, 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 Free, free suck. agents that don't do well with you and then go back to the Chiefs and do well in the Super Bowl. <laughs> It doesn't matter who we bring in. We bring in guys that got to the Super Bowl. Neil O'Donnell, who went to the Super Bowl the year before with Pittsburgh. He comes to the Jets. He sucks. Every time I think about gangrene, I think about just absolute garbage. When you take a dump, when it comes out green, what do you think? I think of my team. I never see the green dump though, man. I'm going to tell you how you get a green dump. Don't do this. Don't eat a steak dinner and then an hour or two hours later because you're hungry, have a bowl of cereal. If you do that, you're going to see something green come out of your behind. Just speaking about the Jets makes me sick. Christian Okoye is not even a Jet. He would have been a great Jet. He would look good in green. I don't think he would want to wear green, but I think he'd be a pretty good fullback right now for the Jets since we have haven't had a fullback since 1972. Sign me up. <laughs> like we told you, one day contract is just truck Zach Wilson. <laughs> Knowing Woody Johnson, he'd probably hire you. Just tell Woody, listen, we're speaking to Christian Okoye. This guy was an all-pro fullback, a Hall of Famer. Let's go back in time. Let's bring back Peyton Manning. Let's bring back Christian Okoye. Let's bring back Marvin Harrison. Now that his son's coming out of the draft. Tony Gonzalez. Jerry Rice. Joey Jonathan Porter. Ogden on the offensive line. Joey there. Porter. Let's go. Let's bring all these veteran old men back out. They'll probably put up better numbers than my team. Maybe they'll bring back John Abraham again. Oh, Why not? Should be a Hall of Fame. <laughs> Being a Jet fan, it sickens me. I could see why all you Kansas City guys are just loving it. You're adoring it because when you see something like this, it's inhuman. By the way, what kind of person is Patrick Mahomes? I know you've met him a couple times. What kind of person is Patrick Mahomes in person and even offset? Is he a cocky guy? Is he a guy that stands out? No, he's not cocky. I love him in Kansas City. He does a lot of charity work. Has his foundation in Kansas City. He does a lot of work in Kansas City area and not a khaki guy at all. He, this is the guy that says all the right things and does all the right things and there's nothing bad about that guy. That's why he's loved everywhere. I do love Andy Reid's beautiful mustache, man. That mustache, especially Miami. Miami. The frost that was yeah. coming off that mustache of his, that was superb. I love Andy Reid. I followed him with the Eagles. He drafted my guy Donovan McNabb, who was my favorite player growing up. Even though I was a yeah. Jet fan, I followed Donovan and Andy is a guy that I respect. I love him as a person. He's a good person. I never even had a full conversation with him. I did meet Andy Reid. I said, hello. And I said, I'm a big fan of yours. But I'm not one of those guys that sweat all over a guy because I've seen him. Because Andy Reid doesn't want anybody sweating on him. He loves his hamburgers. He loves his hot dogs. He loves his steak dinners. Yeah. After he wins the Super Bowl, he loves those Gatorade showers. So, yeah. uh, Christian, you're a fantastic personality. You should be on radio. You should be on television. <laughs> How's your daughter doing? You should reach out to Taylor Swift. Hook her up, baby. I know, huh? I never thought about that. I have to do that. Come on, man. I'll be your agent. There you go. I have this prestige power in my hands. They're small hands, but they've got power somewhat. Big feet, small hands. I don't know what that tells you. For the women, it might sell you something. And for the men, I don't know, Speedy. You tell them whatever you can sell to them. This is worse than the draft debate about hand size. <laughs> Could you imagine my small hands oh. as a quarterback?
quarterback in the NFL. I think every time I try to throw the ball, it'll fall out of my hands. Oh, my God. But anyways, Christian, I don't want you to have a heart attack, but you should reach out to Taylor Swift, and your daughter's a great singer. I know she should be singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. Reba was good, and I love Stapleton last year, but I think I want to see another Okoye sing the national anthem. Could you give me a note? Do you have anything for me? Give me one of your notes. No. Could I you hit a note? I don't have any. I could hit a note. I used to hit like a Mariah Carey note. That was when I was like oh. 13. Yeah, I could hit the Let's note. Hear it. I can't Let's do it hear anymore. It. Listen to this scratchy I, I voice. Hear it. We need time travel to it. exist first. <laughs> I wasn't a choir boy, man, but I can hit notes. But now if I hit a note, the only way I hit a note is in some other way. I can hit notes, <laughs> man, but only in specific times. Speedy, do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know if I want to know. <laughs> I'd rather go for the time travel theory. We'll go back in time to when you were 13 so we could hear you sing like Mariah Carey. I didn't say I could sing like her. I said I could hit a note like her. Could you imagine a guy singing like Mariah Carey? I was more of a Whitney Houston guy. No. I definitely loved her. National anthem. Probably the greatest national anthem I've ever heard was Whitney Houston's. Yes, I agree. But anyways, Christian, we love you, man. We definitely want to get you you on the show again. I'm going to reach out to the Jets. If you want me to be your agent, I can do that. I can reach out to Taylor if I can actually get to her. Maybe you have a better chance to get her. You're you're friends with Travis. Reach out to Travis, okay? You're hired. I'm hired. Christian is hired. I feel good, all right? I have an ex-all-pro fullback asking me to be his agent, and I'm hired. Who's better than me right now? I can hit high notes. I can do everything. got small hands, knowing that I can't even throw a football anymore. I have a hip problem, a neck problem. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have a hip anymore. Christian, you're fantastic. Keep up the good work. You met a couple of guys that I know, and you interviewed with them, and they all said you're a fantastic guy. And we know you personally because you've been on the show before. Just everything that you do since you've retired from the NFL is fantastic. And I want to see your daughter sing the national anthem at an NBA playoff game or an NBA finals. Mm or an NFL Super Bowl or playoff game. Come on. Let's reach out to Kansas City. Come on. What's going on with you guys? All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Let's hear those notes. My daughter, sang a, my daughter sang national anthem in Kansas City a couple of years ago. Mm. And she sang a national anthem for the Dodgers, too, because I'm the head of the California Sports Hall of Fame. Toby Lasorda was inducted, and he comes to my event and heard my daughter sing a national anthem at my event and requested her to come and sing at the Dodgers, and she did, and they loved her. I yeah. love her, too. Awesome. I don't even know her, and I love her. She's an Okoye. There you go. Tell her I love her. You can sing I a will. national I anthem will. whenever you want, baby. You can sing it to me. Christian Okoye. Oh, all right, hold up on that. If the Chiefs play the Jets in the playoffs next year, I'm telling you, I'll be there. You better be there. We'll be there together. Of course we'll I'll stand. be there. Well, you'll in have Kansas to invite City, me. Of course. I have to be your guest, okay? Kansas yes. City? What are you talking about? How about MetLife in that crappy stadium? You're implying the Jets are going to host the playoff game? <laughs> I'm implying I just pray that they make the playoffs. Yeah, so. baby steps. One thing at a time. <laughs> Screw you, Speedy. All right, baby steps. But you guys are great. Thank you, my friend. And we, you we so think much. you're great, too, man. And keep up the good work and we'll talk to you soon, bro. Give a shout out to your daughter. I'm looking forward to seeing her sing the national anthem at a Super Bowl. All right. Thank you, guys. Christian, the Nigerian nightmare. Okoye. Oh, my God. Did we make him laugh or what, Speed? He was having such a great time. I don't think he's ever had an interview like that before. I don't really believe he ever had an interview like that. Already doing some positive things for the Jets. He's going to go truck Zach Wilson for us. Everybody likes to make fun of the New York Jets. Every single person loves to make fun of Gangrene. What a name. You like making fun of the name Gangrene. (laughs) Come on, who names their football team Gangrene? Every single football team has a cool name. Look, the Bills have the Bills, the Dolphins are the Dolphins, the Patriots are the Patriots in the AFC East, and then you have Gangrene. Wonderful. 
There's a reason they always get destroyed. Gangs get shot up, and the Jets just get destroyed. Hey, get gangrene so you can lose a leg, lose a toe, lose a foot. The Jets have been gangrene since the day they were born. 1968. That was the year of gangrene. Making their fans green with envy since 1968. This is what happens as a Jet fan, ladies and gentlemen. We just make fun. I am a Jet fan, so I'm not a very happy Jet fan, that's for sure. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we will get into some NBA conversation as All-Star Weekend is here. The slam dunk contest. Yes, Jacob Toppin repping and showing his blue and orange colors for the New York Knicks. And Jalen Brunson in a three-point contest. And the All-Star festivities as we get into that. And the New York Knicks as they protest the end of Monday's game versus the Rockets. As Jalen Brunson complaining that he never put his hands on anybody. And yes... The New York Knicks did lose the game. So when we come back, we will get into some Knicks conversation, all-star conversation, and Rich Paul and LeBron says that he's committed. Committed to what? The Lakers? To Bronny? Or to himself? Who knows? When we come back, we will get into that as well here on the Weekend Crunch. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, this is the Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, Speedy. Petey, remember, you can listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time all day on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Check out the World Wide Sports Radio website by going to WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including the Loudmouth with me, it's Petey Petey, and Sean Smith, ex-NFL player Sean. Smith every single Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. All you have to do to tune in to our shows and all our local listings is go to our website at WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Anybody that's missed the sports loudmouth throughout the week, all you have to do to check it out is you go to Apple Podcast, you go to Spotify, you go to iTunes, you go anywhere you want to find it, and all you have to do is put in the sports loudmouth, and you can find any of the shows, any of the great interviews that we had throughout the week, and all the great content we throw out there. I'm telling you guys, it's the best show in the country. I promise you, not because it's us, because it's so funny, and you'll love it. Absolutely hilarious. So tune in every single week. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the New York Knicks. It is beautiful out. It's night. The All-Star Weekend is here. Is it blue? Is it black? Or is it beautiful? Well, it wasn't beautiful on Monday, that's for sure. For Jalen Brunson and the New York Knicks, with seconds left of the game, a three-point toss-up, and the New York Knicks get called for a foul, as Jalen Brunson did not put any bit of any fingers, toes, or even his hips on anybody. And a foul was called, and the New York Knicks lose a very, very close game against a very young and talented Houston Rockets team. And the Knicks right now are not very happy as they're protesting that call, which cost the Knicks the game. The Knicks filed a protest with the NBA to dispute the loss to the Rockets on Monday night. The referees called a foul on Jalen Brunson, sending Aaron Holiday to the free throw line with 0.3 seconds left in a tie game. Crew chief Ed Malloy acknowledged that the foul called against Brunson was the wrong call. The Knicks protest would hope to get a tie game or just get rid of the loss on their record. Only six game protests in NBA history have been upheld, with the most recent being in 2009-2010. 
2007 with the Heat. The Knicks are fourth in the Eastern Conference with a 33-22 and record. Not very good. And the Knicks, since the trade, they haven't won a game. It hasn't been good. But the Knicks are right now trying to get healthy. They don't have Julius Randle. Hopefully, Mitchell Robinson will be back soon. They're getting reassurances back. And OG and Anobi coming back, that's absolutely going to benefit the Knicks when he comes back. So the Knicks right now are trying to keep afloat and stay afloat. Bogdanovich has looked pretty good, but we don't know how they're going to use Bogdanovich until all these guys come back. Then we'll really figure out where and how he fits to this team. But it's crazy right now. And the Eastern Conference is so close together. There's five very close teams. The Heat, I believe, will warm up when Jimmy Butler comes back after the All-Star break. And I still think they're a dangerous team. They have Spolstra. I think he's the best coach in the NBA. And he probably understands the playoffs more than anybody does besides Greg Popovich. He understands how to play against teams, how to defend against the better teams, with better offenses, especially on the perimeter. And he's got the players to do it with the athletic ability that they have. Now, I feel bad for Jalen Brunson because Jalen Brunson was arguing after the call. He did not touch Holiday. He was nowhere close. And they were watching the video and they were checking how much time was left on the clock when they should have been looking if it was really a foul. If you know it wasn't really a foul and you have the coaches yelling, you have the players yelling, why don't you just put on the headset and go and look if it was a foul? I understand with the last minute of the game, you really can't do anything about it. If you know the player did not touch him and two out of the three referees said, we know that he touched him, but the main referee called the foul, and he's not even going to go out there and even look at the video to even complain about it. That says a lot about the NBA, and the NBA needs to fix this rule because we don't know what's going to happen in overtime, but it might have cost the Knicks a win. If you're a Knicks fan, you can't be happy about it. Everybody knows it wasn't a foul. Jalen Brunson was about three, four inches away from him. This is not a call that is that close either. It was not a foul. It was a clean contest. Jalen Brunson swipes his hand down in the shooter's face and barely touches him. That's not a foul. He didn't even touch him. He didn't put his hands on. If you're going to call a foul that soft, it's usually on the shooting arm, even. He didn't even foul him on the shooting arm. He fouled him in the middle of his body. Like, that's not a foul by any means possible. The guy's already leaning forward in order to make the shot because it's a practically half-court shot, which the NBA has done better in terms of leveraging that against the offensive player, but why didn't they call it there? And the NBA has to change the fact that they have these post-game reports, these referee reports that say, oh, we missed a call. This happens a lot in the NBA, much more than any other sport, and it's a big issue that they have never fixed for a while, and the fact that they don't have the replay technology in order to change that and the referees don't say all right this clearly wasn't a foul let's either get an inbound play or something like that Knicks would have had the ball 0.3 seconds they probably don't make a shot but they play on at that point like it referees stall the game a lot longer for a lot less I know a lot of Nick fans say it only happens to Nick yeah if you're a Nick fan you're not going to be happy about this the Knicks finally have a team you're finally excited about this team moving forward as the season comes to the all-star break this coming weekend now the trade deadline's over the Knicks won the trade deadline so everybody thinks hey look at the advantage the Knicks have right now coming off their bench when they get healthy. But right now, the Knicks aren't playing good basketball. They're missing four big pieces to this team and the way this team could be playing right now. It might even be closer to first than they are closer to fifth. I know Knicks fans are not excited about what happened against Houston. Houston Rockets are an up-and-coming team. They're a good team. They have a very good coach even though he needs to keep his, you know, what to himself. He needs to keep his hands to himself and stay out of trouble, maybe stay away from executives or executives' wives. But nevertheless, this is a very good and very well-built, oiled machine. 
They're a very young team, and they're rebuilding through the draft. They're doing it right, and they added some good pieces in the offseason. Van Vliet is a phenomenal player. They've got weapons. They've got players that you can build your team around. Now, the question is, are they going to move forward in a Western Conference that's so wide open? Weapon, literally, and too, and Dylan Brooks. Love him, too, by the way. <laughs> Likes to stir up crap on the court, but he dominated in the fourth quarter. I like the pieces that they added. They added some good veterans to this team. They have a bunch of leaders to the team, and they have a bunch of youngsters that you can build around for the future. Mm-hmm. And I like Green. I think Green's an up-and-coming player. There was stories coming out that they were actually willing to trade him for Mikel Bridges, but Mikel Bridges already came out and told the Nets that he doesn't want to be traded there. I know you like the center, Sangoon, too. Yes, I love their whole team. I think the Rockets are an up-and-coming team. You see what the Timberwolves are right now, and it took them a little while to build yeah. the talent that they have. I think the Rockets are a year or two years away from being what the Timberwolves are right now. They haven't been good really since the 90s. They really haven't been dominant since the 90s with a game of Lajuan when they added Charles Barkley and Clyde the Glide. They were a good team and they won two championships in the 90s. They haven't been that good in a very, very long time and they needed pieces to build around. I think they have the pieces. I think they have a very good coach and I think they have a very good bunch of executives running the organization now and a very good owner. Even though we all know somebody that doesn't like him, James Harden being one. Yeah. Where the Houston Rockets are, I think they're in a better situation now than they've ever been. And the Knicks are also too. They're up and coming. They have some good young players and they also have good veteran players. So it's going to be very, very interesting. We're not going to see this team play in an NBA championship anytime soon against the Knicks. But I think that this is going to be fun to watch for many, many years to come. But I didn't like the call. I think the NBA needs to look at it. I think they should count it as a draw. They should not give the win to the Rockets. It's not fair. Even though a draw is not really going to help any of these teams. But hey, if you have the same record as the Cleveland Cavaliers or the 76ers or any of these teams right now fighting for that playoff spot that you're fighting for, third, fourth, or even fifth, that draw could be everything to winning that spot. So I think that the league needs to look at that. It wasn't very, very fair. And a draw is the most fair because you don't know what would have happened in overtime either. There's no guarantee the Knicks would have won the Rich Paul said on the Stephen A. Smith show that LeBron James told him that he's committed to the Lakers long term. There is also a belief that the Lakers will pursue his son, Bronny, who is averaging 5.8 points per game, three rebounds per game, and 2.6 assists per game for the USC Trojans this season. Jeannie Buss and Rob Palinka mentioned that they are not sure how long this commitment to the Lakers will be. And he is currently only signed for one more player option next year. Woj reports that the Warriors and the 76ers were asking the Lakers about trading for LeBron at the trade deadline. And the Warriors still might pursue him if he declines his player option and enters free agency. The New York Post, Stefan Bondi, asked about playing at Madison Square Garden with the Knicks, to which LeBron responded, I have had that thought in my career. The Knicks have recently resolved previous issues with Rich Paul. LeBron James is not going to the Garden. He's not going to the Knicks because if he was going to the Knicks, he would have been there years ago. The New York Knicks right now are positioned going into the offseason if Julius Randle decides to not take that player option to have two max contracts that they could bring in big time players to help out Jalen Brunson and some of the talent that they have right now on this team. There is no way the Knicks are going to make a run at LeBron James. Now, I could see the Warriors doing it because of Steph Curry. And they want to keep Steph Curry. And everybody's so happy right now because Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green are actually playing well. They're actually a 500 team now. They're 26 and 26, and they're going crazy like they're going to win another NBA championship. 
the Splash Brothers are back, ladies and gentlemen. They haven't been there for a long, long time. But when you hear these stories that Rich Paul is speaking for LeBron, and we've heard Joel Embiid's name being brought up for the Lakers to trade for him at the trade deadline, that was never going to happen. Even if Joel Embiid was healthy, there's no way the 76ers are going to trade for Anthony Davis and a bunch of crap. That's what they have right now on that right. team. They have nobody. The Lakers have not been a winning organization for a very long time. And I don't want to hear about last year. I don't want to hear that they went to the Western Conference Finals because they got so lucky when they got to the Western Conference Finals last year. And they got dominated by a Denver Nugget team that was so much better than they were. Denver has a future. They have a bunch of draft picks. They traded for one last year in the playoffs with OKC, which could be a pretty significant pick. It could be a top 10 pick this year. But I look at the Lakers right now. They're the Lakers. So when you hear the Lakers and the organization and the name, the Bus family, this isn't Dr. Bus there. This is Jeannie Bus running the organization now. I can't see a player. If I was Donovan Mitchell, okay, and we've heard Donovan Mitchell's name being brought up going into the offseason where the Lakers are going to go heavily after him. What do they have to offer? What are they willing to give up to get Donovan Mitchell one? Does Donovan Mitchell want to sign a long-term deal over there, knowing that LeBron James is an old man, and he's probably on the tail end of his career, and Anthony Davis can't stay healthy? Why would Donovan Mitchell want to go to the Lakers? It doesn't make sense! Yeah, why would any team want to take on the risk of Anthony Davis either for that Nobody price. wants to go yeah. there. And why would Joel Embiid want to go there? Yeah. Joel played with Ben Simmons. He played with James Harden. James Harden, right now, is a better player than Anthony Davis. Which says a lot about the state that Anthony <laughs> Davis has been in kind of the inconsistency. He can't stay healthy! That's the same risk that everyone had in the offseason with Embiid. But Embiid, the last three years, has actually been a lot healthier. And that was a big reason why he won the MVP last year and he's been in the MVP conversation ever since then is because he's actually stayed healthy. Now, this year he got hurt again. He's going to be out at least a month, maybe more. He wants to come back in the regular season for whatever reason. Didn't take the surgery. Could be a risk for his long-term career. And that's why from the Lakers standpoint, it didn't seem like it was going to be worth the risk or even try for that kind of thing either. It's just typical of what LeBron wants to do. LeBron wants his guys there. And it's 76ers, it feels like the feeling might have been mutual. Oh, I'm going to go play with Embiid over there with the 76ers tra- trade over there. Now, Daryl Morey it wouldn't be surprising if they were to try to make that kind of swing, but it seems like LeBron is committed to the Lakers. And yeah, it might say, oh, this is only the length of this contract. And based on LeBron's history, you could say that, but I think this time is actually truthful. He's going to stay with the Lakers. And I know a lot of people are probably going to think I'm crazy because I said that James Harden's a better player than Anthony Davis. The only reason why I think James Harden is a better player than Anthony Davis is because he's more durable. Anthony Davis, over the last couple of years, he's on and off. Now, Anthony Davis's numbers are better than James Harden. And he's a more well-rounded player. Yes, he rebounds. Right now, he's averaging 25 points a game, 12.2 rebounds per game, and 3.8 assists a game. Anthony Davis is a good player. Here's the problem. Anthony Davis, if you look at his average amount of games over the last five years, I would bet you that James Harden's played in more games Mm. than Anthony Davis. Right now, James Harden's playing on a team with four superstars, counting him. And Russell Westbrook, I wouldn't say he's a superstar. I would say he was a star. He's the other guy. But Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and James Harden. James Harden's the third guy. It's Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, then James Harden. Anthony Davis is the number one guy right now. It goes Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and nobody else. Also, so, Reeves is probably third, and that's a big drop And And by the way, Reeves is a great young player. Yeah, he's I, nice. I really like the kid, but are you willing to trade the one optional player that you've had, that you've developed, for another player that you're going to have to give more than just that player up, and draft stock? Which, by the way, how much draft stock do they have? They don't even have their first round pick this year. It's that's what I'm Pelicans. saying! What do they have? But if you wonder what is going on with the Lakers and what Rich Paul is saying, it's a joke. And for anybody to think right now, today, the Lakers 
Lakers had a chance to get Joel Embiid or Donovan Mitchell in the offseason, if any of those players want to go there, good luck. Because you don't have a chance. No matter what the Lakers are and what Magic Johnson's going to say, it's a different game. It's not about the money because everybody can pay the players. It's not about the endorsements because no matter where you play, you're going to get the endorsements. It's all about where do you want to play. Do you want to play in L.A.? Do you want to play in New York? Do you want to play in Miami? Or do you want to play in Detroit? In LeBron's case, it's who do I want to play with? He wants to play with his son. Hey, Kyrie Irving. Mm -hmm. When we come back, David Stearns. Yes, it's not Howard Stern. And if it was, it could be Howard Stern's long-lost brother. Because David Stearns is throwing out some comedy. As he's come out and said that Pete Alonso will likely enter free agency. I don't think Met fans are happy about that. Or laughing. But guess what? Juan Soto might be. Because that could be. 700 million more in his pocket. When we come back, we will get into Pete Alonzo and MLB pitchers and catchers are here. We're getting ready for baseball in Florida. When we come back, we will get into that here on the Weekend Crunch. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is the Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Errol Marks. My co-host, Speedy Petey. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time only on 103.9. The LI News Radio Network brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Check out the World Wide Sports Radio website by going to WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including The Loudmouth with me, Speedy Petey. And Sean Smith, yes, ex-NFL player, Sean Smith, every single Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. All you have to do to tune in and check out all our local listings is go to our website at WorldWideSportsRadio.com. And all you sports fans out there, all you Craig Carton fans, all you Boomer Esiason and Greg Giannotti fans, well, if you haven't tuned in to our show, The Sports Loudmouth, every single Wednesdays and Thursdays, and you miss any of the shows live, all you have to do to tune in and download any of our our shows that are now podcasts go to the sports loudmouth on apple podcast on spotify on itunes on iHeartRadio, and odyssey all you have to do to check out all our shows is go to the sports loudmouth we like to give you great content we get great guests we get crazy callers as well and like to have fun we like to make everybody laugh so tune in every single wednesdays and thursdays and if you miss it go check it on on the podcast channels let's get into it because i know the yankees are kind of quiet now. There is no more conversations right now of Blake Snell. They added Marcus Stroman. They added Juan Soto. Brian Cashman did come out and say that Juan Soto will be going to free agency, but he said that the Yankees are still going to go heavily after him. I know Yankee fans were probably not very happy the way Brian Cashman said that on the MLB Network, but guess what? Brian Cashman is just being honest. Everybody believes Juan Soto is going to go to free agency and work the money, baby. Because that's what he does, and that's what his agent likes to do in Scotty Bohr as he likes to bore his ass. And now David Stearns comes out and says that Pete Alonso will likely enter free agency. Which means, ladies and gentlemen, $300 million is not coming from the Mets. So it seems like he might be going elsewhere. Hey, if Juan Soto goes to the Mets, why couldn't he go to the Yankees in Pete Alonso? So that would be a murder's row too, right? Now you have Juan Soto, John Carlos Stanton, Aaron Judge, and all the other weapons that they have. Let's flip Flop. Let's add Juan Soto to the Mets and add Pete Alonso to the middle of the lineup for the New York Yankees. David Stern. 
Stern said in a press conference on Monday that Pete Alonso is hitting free agency next season is the most likely outcome. The Mets signed Alonso to a deal worth about $20.5 million this season to avoid arbitration. Stearns has reportedly not met with Alonso since taking the Mets job in October. Scott Boris also agreed to a deal to be Alonso's agent in October. Alonso had 46 home runs this past season with 118 RBIs, a 217 batting average, and a 821 OPS last season. In five MLB seasons, Alonso has 192 home runs, which is the most in baseball, 490 RBIs, which I think is third in baseball, and a 251 career batting average, and a 8 Seven O OPS, which is amongst the league's top 10. So, he's been one of the best power hitters in baseball. If you're a Met fan, you do not want to see Pete Alonso go. Now, what you would want to see is Pete Alonso get signed in the offseason and you bring Juan Soto, and then you have a middle of an order where you can put Pete Alonso batting fourth, and you put Juan Soto as your third hitter, and you have probably the best one-two punch when it comes to power in baseball. Right now, the Yankees probably have that. Aaron Judge and Juan Soto, and maybe Giancarlo Stanton batting right behind him. So, if Giancarlo Stanton stays healthy, healthy, gets back to his normal. You got three guys that could hit over 40 home runs. And the Yankees haven't had that in a very long time. That's like Murder's Row. You want to talk about Murder's Row? That is Murder's Row. So, I don't agree with the Mets. I don't agree with David Stearns with this story. I think they need to sit down with Pete Alonso and figure out how they can negotiate this deal where it makes sense. I don't think Pete Alonso is worth $300 million, no matter no. what his numbers is, because he's 30 years old, and next year he'll be 31. He came into the league a little bit late in his rookie season. 25, or yeah. And the same thing with Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge came into the league a little bit later in his career. Jacob DeGrom, too. Yeah, so it took him a while to develop in the minors. But he is a nice player. He's a great player. He's not a me player. He got rid of his Twitter. He got rid of his Instagram and his Facebook. He wants to be a team player. They gave him the polar bear name. He is everything to the Mets. And that's why I think you sign him. He is the face of the New York Mets organization. Jacob DeGrom was the face of the New York Mets organization. What did they do? They let him go. They didn't want to pay him. And maybe he was hurt all year, and I know Mets fans were happy to get rid of him. Why? He was the best pitcher in baseball. He was one of the top three best pitchers in baseball. And you decided to part ways with him because he wanted to go to Texas. He wanted to have a farm. Get out of here. Pay him a little bit more money. He probably stays here in New York. And he would have been very, very happy. Instead, they brought in the great Max Scherzer and the great Justin Verlander. And where did that bring you? (laughs) And Max Scherzer went to the Texas Rangers. One thing I would advocate (laughs) for the New York Mets that like to spend all that money and then trade all of it away is to make sure you sign your best player. Because Pete Alonso not only is a great team leader, he's also extremely durable. Up until this year, he never dealt with any injury issues. And that's something that the Mets have an organization of a history of injury-prone guys with every pitcher they've had pretty much imaginable. Obviously, David Wright, Jose Reyes, all these guys that have been star players for them have all gotten hurt. Pete Alonso is a guy that has not gotten hurt. Yeah, he strikes out a lot. Yeah, his defense has been kind of suspect at certain points. But that was never his strength when he came up as a prospect. He is, in terms of raw power, one of the best in baseball in a very power-driven league. Numbers Uh, would tell you he is the best because he's been more healthier than Aaron Judge. Sure. Aaron Judge is the best power hitter in baseball. But as far as health is concerned and the amount of games that he's played, Pete Alonso has better power numbers than any player in baseball. Right. A lot of these great advanced stats, too. Like, Pete Alonso is a leader in one of those categories Mm -hmm. across the National League. He was that his rookie year. That's why a lot of people even thought he could have won an MVP his rookie year with how good he played. Aaron Judge should have. Aaron Judge, yeah. Obviously, we know Altuve cheated now, so Aaron Judge definitely should have won that one because (laughs) he did get the help of the buzzers and the trash cans that they cheated with. Well, Altuve was just good to stand right next to Aaron Judge because he was about up to his waist or his crotch. So that, maybe he was doing that, something that, else. That, that meme was, maybe that was his trophy. That meme will always Give it to me on Tuesday. Give me those balls. No, I'm just kidding. When we come back, Chaz have some winners for you guys. As we call that segment Moneyline Mania. So when we come back, who 
all you betting fans should be listening to this segment as we will get into the world of betting and sports here on the Weekend Crunch. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is the Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Daryl Marks. My co-host, Speedy Petey. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time Only on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Check out the World Wide Sports Radio website at WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including the Loudmouth with me, Speedy Petey, and ex-NFL player Sean Smith, Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. If you miss any of the shows, check out Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, The Sports Loudmouth, and you can tune in to any of the shows that you missed, all the great guests, all the great content, all the crazy callers. All you have to do is go to The Sports Loudmouth. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we do this every single week as they are still over 70% every week, over 70% throughout the year as we call this segment money line mania this is money line mania which has the crew hello very happy to have you here and i'm ready to win some money how about you i would imagine for people that do sports here around like blackhawk west reno johnny pretty much everybody but me does this all year i'm a football guy i've told you guys that so I, from now to like spring football i'm working a lot and not really paying attention but doesn't mean i don't like to have action I, you know i normally have the horses every weekend like there's a race today but there's a race tomorrow when you come on late saturday night it's hard because out here there's a couple things rolling right that's it we got the late game nevada unlv that's Saturday, 11.30. Sunday, 1 o'clock, we got Purdue, Ohio State. Sunday at 6.17, we got the Sunland Derby. And 8 o'clock, Sunday night, we got from the Gainbridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. We got the All-Star game. So that's kind of how I do it this time of year. I don't really put a lot of effort. I'm just now starting to pay attention to college basketball because for me, since I don't play it all year, what I really want to know is who's playing good at the end. So I'm going to watch the last couple weeks when there's teams playing for their conference title. Because you know you get a conference title and then you get a tournament. Those last two games of the season, like out here they'll play Oregon on Friday and then Oregon State on Sunday. That's what I'm going to start paying attention. Up to now, I'm asking for help. So I reach out for help. I say, hey, I, I'm going to watch the Vegas game. So it's Nevada at UNLV. And when was it? We talked Nevada with John? Last week, we did. And they won. I walked away because the lights went on, and they went back to the table, I guess, and added seven-tenths of a second. Yep. <laughs> I got to think they're getting points on the road. They look good. They're a good team. Oh, they're 19-5 and five or something. Pretty sure they're getting points. So you got to think he would be money line. I hadn't heard from him. Get one and a half points is cool. But if you're going to win the game, especially at the end, the way they file, you usually win it by more than one, you know? And the plus money is nice. Anytime you're going to get more than you give them, because remember, the VIG is what they take. So you give them 100, you don't get 100 back. But it should be. <laughs> but even when you give them 100 and you get 130 back because you don't take the points, you probably should be getting 140. They're still screwing you out of 10 points. Then we go to Sunday morning, my time, 10 o'clock, 1 o'clock Eastern, Purdue, Ohio State. You know, I reached out to Wes because, as you know, <laughs> he's a big-time Buckeye fan. He said, um, take seven or more on it. 
and first half over 33 and a half team total. Unless they're playing Virginia. Yeah, Virginia is the easy <laughs> team total under. Right, <laughs> they're that's uh, a, 52 points per game half. off. For Virginia, that 33 and a half could be the first half team the total under. <laughs> they scored 39 points in a tournament game, a whole game. Then we're going to Sunland Park. I really like this play. I'm excited. I'm going to be on this play. Sunland Park, 6.17 p.m., the Sunland Derby, which is a prep race right for the Kentucky Derby. $400,000. It's worth, I think, 20 points. This is the last 20-point race. After hmm. this, they all go to 50. So there's another race next week. Then the following weekend, there's three. Then those races take two, three weeks off, and then they run again three weeks later. So remember, there's two or three races at the racetrack. And then there's two races, and then there's one race. And that's kind of how it goes. It's just elimination. That'll be, uh, they get to 100 points then. So this is a, the last 20-point race. But we're on number five, Stronghold. And here's the note that we have in the race that he raced last, the Los Alamitos Futurity. So he's the California horse. He didn't win the race. Somebody else won the race, but it was a tight finish. But he did not quit. He did not quit. Horses that go backwards at the end, Speedy, because remember, they're stretching out. The races keep getting bigger and bigger. What I'm looking for is I don't mind a horse not keep going, but I don't want him going backwards. <laughs> because if you're out of shape, that's one thing to be out of shape, but it's one thing to not be in shape for that, what they're asking you to do. He finished strong. He made the race. He's going to get the distance fine. He's 5-2, to two, and if this could be it. You know, I don't think a horse ever from Los Alamitos for Journey or in the Sunland Derby has won the Kentucky Derby, but we would get paid kindly if he did. And then two hours later, that's so funny because I could have the same amount of money on that horse race that lasts a minute and a half that I will on the NBA ball game that lasts three hours. So the over in that game is the play. I understand the concept, but the way I look at it is if you're going to watch the All-Star game and you're going to bet the over, and this is GMF Sports, and you can find them on Facebook, I think, GMF Sports. Yeah, take the over and root for easy buckets. He says, no one wants an under-boring all-star game. And then I wrote, is there even a prop for defensive player of the game? <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds on that be? 10,000 to one. Yeah, take the over and root for easy buckets. So it sounds like an easy play, and but you're getting minus 10 for a reason. And the reason is, it's a coin flip. They put that number right where it has to be. This over-under, are you ready for the drum roll? You got a drum roll? 365 and a half. It's 180 to 181 and you lose. The line's three. Who's, I don't even know who's on the West. But you know what? I mean, I know the players. I just haven't been paying attention. So, you know, when the game's on, I'll know who's playing. And I'll pay attention because I'm going to be on the over. So, I don't, you know, you don't, this would not work for our show. Let's parlay. Why is that? Because I don't think you can parlay a horse with those. You'd have to be at a really special bookie to parlay that. It's funny, because remember how we were trying to see if Paolo would come on last week, and he was at a betting parlor, but he was texting me on Saturday. I was asking if there was a specific play for a scoreless, completely scoreless first quarter in the Super Bowl, and he said that was only available in Europe. And it hit. Yeah, there was a scoreless first quarter. It doesn't matter whether you're in Serbia or Mexico or England or the United States or any place where it's legal to bet on sports. They have their own rules. And I was just in Vegas. So I'm in Vegas, and I'm noticing, wow, all the stuff that I bet on Bovada, I can't bet here. That's how I win all my money. The way I win my money, what Paolo taught me in soccer betting, to bet the best team and not worry about whether they cover or not. Hmm. And then if they do cover, you really do good. And that's what happened. I got hot. I don't know what I win. 
I hit a lot. You know, when you hit a seven-team or multiple six-team or seven-teamers, and they were round robin, it was just a wonderful, wonderful period of my life. But the point is, you'd have to have a, a unique book to let you bet the NBA All-Star game, a college basketball game, another college basketball game, and what was his name again? Stronghold. Stronghold. That's a nice name. Yeah. There's a live play out there. It was, what will be more? The number of yards for Mahomes' first completed pass in the Super Bowl or the letters in the name of the winning horse, the Kentucky Derby. I think it was a short pass, so I would imagine the horse would win unless it's, like, named Ed. Stronghold isn't that a lot of letters. All right, so I go play by play. I go to the very beginning. Pass short. Kelsey, one yard. There you go. So it's impossible. That. Uh, everybody wins. The horse wins. <laughs> the horse wins. About Not even yeah, anyone buddy. named Ed. I'm going to head out. Hopefully make some money. All right, thanks for joining us. Always be cashing, buddy. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the best handicappers in the country are on this show. And if you're not tuning into this segment, well, you're not winning any money. And shame on you, because this is free money for you guys. So if you're a betting man, betting woman, you should be listening to this segment every single week. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, as we do this every single week. Courage time! Here on the Weekend Crunch. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is the Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Daryl Marks. My co-host, Speedy Petey. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time, Ali, on 103.9, the LA News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Check out the World Wide Sports Radio website by going to www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including the Loudmouth with me, Speedy Petey, and ex-NFL player Sean Smith every single Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. All you have to do to tune in and listen to all our local listings and check out all our shows is go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. And if you miss any of the shows... All you have to do to find the Sports Loudmouth on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio is you put in the Sports Loudmouth, and you can tune in to all the shows that you miss throughout the weeks. All you got to do is search us. Oh, my God. It's been a great show. Thank you to Christian, the Nigerian nightmare, Okoye, for joining us. He had a long week for the Super Bowl on Radio Row, interviewing and all the craziness, and enjoying his third ring. By the way, he gets rings, and he's not even part of the team. (laughs) Could you imagine that? You're not even playing, and they're giving you rings. That's crazy. I have to have the opportunity to go to his house so he, I could try on one of those rings. How about all three of them? How about that? You would want to wear a Kansas City Chiefs ring? <laughs> I just want to try it on. I just want to enjoy wearing a Super Bowl ring. I've never had a chance to do that. I've never won a Super Bowl. Have you? I have not won a Super Bowl. Why wouldn't you want to try it on or wear it? You could try our friend Kenyon Barner's on when uh, he sends you his Patriots ring. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. I will never try that one on. So, sorry, Kenyon. That's never happening, buddy. But by the way, Kenyon is a fantastic personality. He's promised one of our fans. His father passed away. He was a big fan of Barner, especially in college. He's going to send him an autographed game-worn jersey. It's unbelievable. And sign his father's jersey. Fantastic personality. Fantastic person. Very happy. Call him a friend. So, thank you to Kenyon Barner for helping out and doing so many great things as you are moving on in your career as a businessman. So, thank you to him. But, yeah, we're having a great show. Thank you to Moneyline Mania, as always, giving us some winning picks. But we're here to finish up a great show and entertain you guys as we call this segment... Karen Stein! 
time. It's time for crunch time. All right, let's start with Christian Okoye's Kansas City Chiefs. They won the Super Bowl, but now they have a big decision on arguably their best defensive player, Chris Jones. He says he wants to be back. Buy or sell, he will return to the Chiefs. I'm going to sell it. There's no way in hell he's going to be back. He's going to want big money. And Chris Jones right now, 30 years old, he probably has maybe another two good years left. If he comes back, he's going to want a three-year extension worth about 20 to $25 million. He's not getting it from Kansas City. I think he goes elsewhere. So I'm going to sell it. Yeah, I'm going to sell it too, especially with the defense defensive tackle contracts that happened last offseason. There was a reason he held out in the beginning of the season. And I think Brett Veach is trying to prioritize this defense to try to get young. They're going to pay Nick Bolton, who's a very good coverage linebacker, young linebacker. They're going to have to pay Trent McDuffie down the road. And Carl Loftus. And Carl Loftus, who are all very impactful defensive players right away. A lot of those guys from the Tyreek Hill trade, too. So they are going to have to pay those guys. I think they'll find a way to make work with Spagnolo in the scheme to replace Jones. I will sell that one as well. Somebody's not doing too well in their new coaching job. Doc Rivers. Buy or sell. He will not last with the Bucks beyond this season. I'm going to buy it. There's no way they bring him back, especially what this team was doing and what the record was before they fired their head coach. Now all of a sudden, Doc Rivers takes over and they're absolute losers. I don't think Doc Rivers is a good coach. We all know he ruins teams and I am going to buy that he will be gone at the end of the year. Yeah, I'm going to buy it too. They're playing just as badly as the Knicks are playing right now and the Knicks have all these injuries. Like, the Bucks do not have the injuries. The Knicks injuries. will be fine. Yeah, the Knicks will be fine. The Bucks just lost to a, a Memphis Grizzlies team that had an entire starting lineup out, pretty much. And they lose to that game. They're 3-7 and seven with Doc Rivers. I can't imagine him coming back. I, he's not a good playoff coach, as we all know. He hasn't gotten to the conference finals since 2010 with the Celtics, so I can't imagine them bringing him back either. I am going to buy it as well. All right, let's go to the NHL trade deadline. Jacob Chitron was just traded to the Ottawa Senators last year back on the trade block. By ourselves, he'll get traded a second year in a row. I'm going to buy it. I think they're going to move on from him. They need to add some youth to the team. Now, they do have new ownership. They are opening up a new arena in the next couple of years. They need superstars there, but why not build through the draft? I think Chicharron will be gone, so I'm going to buy it. I'm going to sell it for that reason. I just don't think the new ownership is going to do that right away. They want to keep some big names there. They want to get some draw to Ottawa, which is not, in terms of the Canadian hockey market, it's not as big as something like Toronto and Montreal. I think they're going to pay Chichuk. I think they're going to pay Chicharron, and I think they're going to try to keep their stars there. I am going to sell that one. All right, buy or sell. Blake Snell will not be signed until March. I'm going to sell that. There's no way in hell. Blake Snell is a big name out there. There are teams that are going to need starting pitching. One of these number one guys are going to get hurt early in spring training, and they're going to need to add another pitching arm. I still think he's a Yankee, so I'm going to sell that. I'm going to sell it, too. I don't think he's going to be a Yankee. I feel like one of these teams that just missed out on everybody in free agency. I didn't say he was going to be a Yankee. He could be a Yankee. Okay, but I think it'll end up being one of those teams that are eventually just not getting anyone free agency. The teams that are so close, these middle market teams, a team like the Giants, a team like the Blue Jays, I think eventually somebody's going to cave in to give him that extra year that he wants, and I do think he'll end up getting it done probably within the next two weeks, so I am going to sell that as well. All right, buy or sell. Saquon Barkley, if he does leave the Giants, will end up with one of their NFC East rivals. That could happen. I mean, Washington could be looking for another running back. I do believe the Eagles could be looking at him, and definitely the Cowboys, as they're going to be looking for another star running back, because I don't think Pollard will be back next year, or Derrick Henry, one of those guys. So I'm going to buy it. Yeah, I'm going to buy it too. I think Dallas loves doing that kind of thing, signing NFC East rivals, and we've seen Washington definitely do that in the past. Now, granted, new ownership, we'll see if they do that kind of thing, but the NFC East, more than any other division, loves to be petty and steal their division rivals. It makes a 
lot of sense for Dallas, and it makes a lot of sense for Philly, too. You want to go play behind that offensive line? Even with Jason Kelsey retiring, it's still a very good line, and they're going to be losing DeAndre Swift in the offseason. I think it'll be the Cowboys, but I think it definitely could be the Eagles, too. I am going to buy it. All right, buy or sell. LeBron will be with the Lakers past next season. I'm going to sell that. If Bronny gets drafted by any team in the NBA, he's already said he wants to play with his son. So if it's not the Lakers, which I know the Lakers, if they have availability to move up to get him, because I'm sure there'll be teams lining up in the mid-teens to get Bronny because they can draw LeBron to come and play for him. It will happen, but the Lakers are going to have to make a big move if they're going to get him because the Lakers right now would probably be drafting 13 or 14. Yeah. Right? I don't think they'll have a chance to get Bronny, so I am going to sell that. Yeah, I'm going to sell it too because the Lakers foundation is just not ideal either, and I think LeBron, he doesn't really have anything to prove there. He won his championship there, and he's still going to be thought of as one of the greats in NBA history anyway, no matter where he plays. So I think the last thing he'll want to do in his career is play with his son. I don't think Rob Palinka and Jeannie Buss are just going to cave into that quickly with just so much of an unknown, especially with LeBron's career trajectory. So even though he says he's staying, I can't trust that I'm going to sell that as well. All right, buy or sell. Jacob Markstrom, the goaltender for the Flames, he'll prove a trade to the Devils, but the deal fell through. Buy or sell. It will still happen. It's still going to happen. The Devils are looking for a big-time goaltender. They're trying to make the playoffs. They're right there on the cusp of it. And the Eastern Conference, we'll see what happens. It's still about 20 games left. Anything could happen. You need goaltending. And I believe the Devils will land them. So I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it too, especially since they're getting hot now. I think the Devils were kind of unsure if they wanted to be buyers or sellers. And now with the Flyers, even though they're getting hot right now, they're slipping a little. And the Islanders still trying to find their way. There's definitely a gate for the Devils to still get into the playoffs as well. I do think they get it done. I will buy it. All right, one more. Pete Alonso will be traded during the season. That's not going to happen. I do not believe Pete Alonso will be traded because I think the Mets are going to be a playoff-bound team. I think they're a borderline wild-card team. So I don't believe Pete Alonso will be traded in the middle of the season, but I do believe he will leave in free agency. So I'm going to sell that he will not be traded in the middle of the season. I'm going to sell it, but I think for completely different reasons. I'm a little less optimistic with you on the Mets being that bench of contenders because I still don't know how much I trust their pitching. I didn't say they were contenders. They could be a wild-card team. Not no, no, contending I, for the champion. No, 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 I didn't say that. I'm not as optimistic with the pitching as trying to even be in that point. Now, we've seen a weird year last year with baseball, especially in the National League with a lot of these young teams coming through. So maybe a surprise team does end up happening where the Mets could be that, but it's going to take a while. Nevertheless, I do think Pete Alonso is going to try to force his hand with the Mets. I think he likes the organization. I think the Mets are going to cater to I'm not going to say give him $300 million, but closer to what he wants. I do think they'll still end up trying to sign him and keep him happy, even if it takes a lot of money. I don't think Uncle Stevie would trade $131 million at the deadline and not sign the leader of their team. So I think they'll end up signing him. I don't think they trade him. I will sell it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed the show. That is it for us. We will be back next week. Thank you to 103.9 FM for letting us do what we do best, and that's entertain you in sports every single week for our two-hour show, crunching the best in sports for the week and New York sports here on 103.9. So thank you to Bruce. Thank you to Joe. Thank you to John. Thank you to Pat. All you guys, thank you for all the fans out there tuning in listening to us every single week. Thank you to Christian Okoye for joining us the night. Nigerian nightmare and thank you to Chaz if you are a better you should be listening to this segment every single week in Moneyline Mania thank you to all the fans we will be back next week as always do we have any hockey games next week we have a day game next week again so the Islanders pregame show will be airing the games at 2 so it'll be airing around 1.30 right. and our show will be still at 7 o'clock oh there we go so we'll enjoy that and I hope you guys are enjoying our pregame show for all you Islander fans including yours truly because I am an Islanders fan hopefully the Islanders knock off the Rangers on the outdoor game 
game, a stadium series game. I don't like the jerseys, by the way. No, I, I really don't. They're, they're ugly jerseys. Yeah. Don't go out and buy those jerseys, ladies and gentlemen. For Rangers and Islander fans, do yeah. not. Enjoy the game. We have a lot of people going to the game, so go Islanders. Hopefully the Rangers lose. Go Rangers. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Anyways, good night, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.